0: Welcome to Heart, Hustle & Humor, a show for dedicated, hardworking, fun entrepreneurs and business owners who wanna build a business bigger than their own satisfaction. We all know Heart got you started, hustle made it happen, and humor got you through it. This is the only place you can get inspired and motivated by my guests who are using the trifecta of Heart, Hustle & Humor, in their business. It's time to dream higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Media Services. Kaleidoscope Media Services helps professionals scale their business by adding digital products for success. I'm your host, Dr. T. Welcome to another episode of Heart, Hustle & Humor. I'm your host, Dr. T. And in studio today, I have Lisa Sakai. I've met Lisa Sakai. My business partner has known her for years. We are so happy that you agreed to be here today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I love
1: getting to know you. And I've known, like you said, Laura, for years. I love it.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I've got to tell our listeners a little bit about you because I could go on for an hour telling about all your accomplishments, but you know how that goes. I had to hone them in. So... Lisa Sakai founded One Vision Retirement with two ideas in mind, a client-first approach and a focus on advice and planning. Her mission, it's simple, to cut through the noise and provide thoughtful, customized financial advice tailored for your personal situation. With the heart of a servant and the mind of a teacher, Lisa is always available to help you when you need her most. But especially when you think you don't need her. Lisa runs a virtual practice so she can serve clients all over the country. She works with female professionals to leverage their dollars so they have a lifestyle they love now and in the future. Lisa lives in North Arizona and loves trail running, cooking, reading, traveling, food, kickboxing, stay away from her, and spin class. Lisa, we're gonna hop right into the whole art thing. You have a real differentiator the way you work with your clients. Mm -hmm. And I know that this work you do is super important. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Right. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I do work with clients a little differently. We focus on two things that maybe the typical financial advisor doesn't. Now I'm going to preface that with everybody's idea of what a financial advisor is, is totally different. And we're all different. I actually just got off a mastermind group with some other lovely, wonderful financial advisor women. And we were just talking about this, how People don't quite understand what we do or the value we bring. So you'll find that out through this. So essentially, one thing that I do is I focus on values with clients. So we will go through an exercise to figure out what their values are. And we hone them down so that they have a really short list of their values. And it helps them with the decision-making process and with the goal process. Because a lot of times we come into... You know, what are your goals? Tell me what your goals are. What do you want to accomplish? You know, you've heard that from everybody, right? The thing is, is that a lot of times I feel like we're getting kind of remote answers, like robotic kind of answers yep. that we're supposed to. I want to travel. I want to pay my house off. I want to leave a legacy for my kids. I mean, that's what everybody says. And I don't know if I think that everybody is exactly the same. I hope we aren't. It would be really important <laughs> if we were in life. So I think the virtues. Exercise really helps people dive down to what they truly want. And it's okay if you don't want to travel. It's fine. Nobody is judging you. If you don't want to go to Italy, it's okay. (laughs) You know, like we can have other things. I have one client who she chose a virtue of adventure and she realized she really wanted to go bungee jumping that I have no desire to do that but she loves it and we built that into her planning and so that kind of moves to the second thing that we do a little differently which is bucket list planning so we really dive into you know really bucket list planning could be seen as goal planning but I actually dig really deep into the why of the goal and the bucket list item and it's not a goal for 30 years from now when you might be hanging it up and deciding you want to do something different, it's the goal that we're going to try to accomplish now. Because how do you know who you are in retirement if you haven't experienced anything now? You don't know what you like and you don't like. And so we build it into your planning. So it's a great motivation to save because it's part of your savings strategy. And if anybody knows me, savings is like the... To me, the key of having a really good financial plan is investments, all that stuff's important, but just having the ability to kind of put some money away and have access to it if you need to is a really big part of what we talk about. But the bucket list items are really important. So we build those out into plans. And it's funny, half of the people I talk to say, well, I have the ability to do whatever I want. I don't really need to do that. But then when we start really pushing on some different ideas, they're like, oh, I hadn't thought of that as an option. I hadn't thought of that as something. So it really gets to the true their true being, who they are, and it gets them to explore a world that maybe they weren't letting themselves get to.
0: I think the bucket list is so important for all of us. It's one of those things that when you're in business, having a bucket list really helps you also drive where you want to go in your business for that lifestyle you talk about. And it really is setting up that beautiful idea and concept of what makes you happy. And I think we forget that part. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree because I'm a business owner, just like many
1: of your listeners are. Our business becomes our life. I know I've been working 12-hour days lately and things like that. You know, Our business becomes our life and we go, well... I love what I do. I would never give this up. And I'm not saying that people should hang it up, especially, you know, I can get into what retirement planning means and all the different ways that people interpret it. I mean, there's a whole thing that could go on about it that, but the thing that I think business owners don't think about is yes, you're super passionate about helping people and providing the service or the product that you do and you're good at, and you love doing it. What else is there? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. if we had that crazy uncle that was obsessed with cars and all he did was look at cars all day long on the internet, we'd say what's wrong with you? Get another hobby. <laughs> well, we're all we're all doing that in our businesses, right? That's our life and it's very fulfilling, but at the same time I really think if you step back and you're able to experience some other things in life, like I know you golf a lot and you know have some other things that really bring joy to your life, then you're going to be a better person for your clients, for your business, for your employees. I really think that that's a missing component that's happening a lot.
0: I 100% agree with you. When I mentor, or coach students, you know, young professionals, I talk a lot about looking at things outside of your industry. You can't learn just your industry because then you become very narrow focused and you can't be creative and you can't be free to do some of the things you do. And so by studying outside of what your core idea is, and I think this is the same, it's like, I love working, but I also love playing. You're right. I love to go on a Friday afternoon and play a little round of nine with my nephew of golf, just a quick game. Or, you know, I plan my travel trips. Next year, I've got a couple of trips planned. To me, it's almost like they go hand in hand. I can't separate the two. Let me ask you this question. You kind of said that a lot of people, when they're creating this bucket list of their lifestyle and they're saying very general ideas, How do you hone them in to really get specific? Yeah, I ask
1: why a lot. (laughs) It's a very very short answer. I'll give you kind of an example of what's usually said. We want to travel in retirement. Okay. Where do you want to travel to? Europe. Okay. Where in Europe? Italy. And you notice the pauses get longer and longer, right? Right. And I say, why Italy? Where in Italy do you want to go? Rome. Rome why do you want to go to Rome? What makes you want to go there? Because the, and it just gets harder and harder for them to, mm-hmm. un, to and at the end of it, I'm not that I'm trying to talk them out of it, but then they're like, do we really want to go to Italy? I don't know if we've actually wanted to go to Italy or because my friend said she, if they say I've seen amazing pictures and my friend went to Rome and she had the best time. And she said she had great gelato and, the pizza was amazing and blah, you know, whatever. Then I know that there's some kind of motivation to it. But I think the problem is, is that we tend to, especially with professionals, you know, I kind of put in that category of like an attorney. So when you go into an attorney's office, you're supposed to say certain things because they're an attorney and they're a professional and you're supposed to, you know, and so I get that too. You know, there's a certain concept that I'm not doing my financial planning, right? I'm completely a mess. This is what everybody thinks. I'm a mess. I don't know what's going on. I'm not good as Sheila over there. Her financial plan is fantastic. We're horrible. And we better make a good impression because we need help. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to come in like that. It's really supposed to be a relationship that you're building. And by breaking down what a client actually wants and is enjoying their life, it's amazing how much more freedom they end up having to do the things that they actually want to do rather than spending money on things that you're supposed to want to do, like travel all over the country, all over the world. big thing now is RVs. It's funny. It started (laughs) off as a passion. Huge. Oh my gosh. Everybody's doing it. It started off as a passion thing where it was actually the people who wanted to do it. I have some clients that love RV. Okay. Just love it. I have another client who was talking about buying one. And I said, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? How do you want to travel? And he's like, well, isn't that what we're supposed to do now? I said, you don't have to do anything. If you don't go to all the national forests before you die and you don't care about that, it's okay. (laughs) We have a lot of preconceived things when it comes to finance, both on the everything you're doing wrong and everything that you're Mm. supposed to do with your money. You're supposed to travel. You're supposed to have your house paid off. You're supposed to, you know, like there's all these things you're supposed to, you're supposed to just put all your money into 401k. I just did a video about that today. You know, there's all these supposed to's and yeah. that's probably not your situation and it's okay.
0: It goes back to what's in your heart. What do you really yeah. want to do? Yeah. I see this so often when people choose a business or they choose how they're going to spend their time in retirement. Your why question, I think Simon Sinek has been really good on the whole why. Like businesses if they understand the why, then they can really get down to the story and when they understand their story, other people will buy into it and they'll cheer you on and I see that's what you are. You like you get them to get to the heart of what they want. You get them to really almost sense it. Like how is that going to feel eating the pizza that I saw in the picture? When I travel, I mean, what's that going to feel like? How is it going to be when I get on the plane? And it's this visceral emotion. And I Mm -hmm. tell people this all the time. We make decisions because we see something and we think it's going to be great. And then we do it and we wonder why we're disappointed. You know why I can say this? Because I've been there, I've done that. And then I'm sitting there thinking, Why wasn't this as good as I thought it was going to be? What's going Mm -hmm. on? Of course, my personality, of course, I make the best of it and figure it out. But but when I plan and I know exactly what I'm going to do, and I do it in business too, when we create a program that we do, like we've just launched something new at Kaleidoscope Media Services, our whole technology platform, KMS Powered. And I will tell you, we are so excited about it that you can feel it. And it's so much easier to build the relationship and talk about just, this is what we're doing. I'm not selling anything. I'm just talking about what we're doing. And that's why when I first met you and you started talking about this whole bucket list and really getting down. But I also think there is this piece of you that allows people to have this insecurity because we all have insecurity about our finances. Like, Do we have enough? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And we do walk in going, I'm going to be embarrassed. And I love that you're like, let's just change the conversation. Let's change our language around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: It's funny because when you talk to any other good financial advisor, not people that are just trying to sell insurance to you or something like that, really true financial advisors, they sit there and they listen about the bucket list and they're like, yeah, that's what we do. Like, yeah, but nobody's telling them that that's what we do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I thought about how do we take something that's scary that people immediately go, ugh. Actually, one of the ladies on this mastermind with me put it out perfectly. We would go to networking events. I do this all the time. And they say, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm a financial advisor. And they go, I have one already. I don't need you. And I I remember thinking, is that the question you asked me? I thought you asked what I did (laughs) right now. And and it's funny, it's such a serious topic. And it is a serious topic, but it's almost serious to the point that people dread it. They don't really Mm -hmm. want to talk about it. They kind of want their advisor to just kind of talk to them once a year about the investment return Mm -hmm. and leave them alone.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that's not really... What financial planning is, it's about a journey with you. I want people calling and saying, hey, you know, we really want to buy this new car. Can we afford it? Do we need to do payments? Should we pay in full? And I have one client that she just bought her very first brand new car. She's so excited. And we had been saving for this situation for a long time. She didn't have to take a very big loan. It, nice. It's She's so excited. You'd think that she won the lottery. I mean, but she's never gotten to buy a brand new car. She's like, nobody else has sat in this car and driven it like I have. Like this is, mine. and See? that's what life is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about yeah. the wins and yeah. money
0: is supposed to be fun. Yeah. I love it. I think so many of us, we've either grown up thinking money is the end-all be-all to make us happy, or we didn't have enough growing up, and we kind of get these preconceived ideas. And I do find that a lot of women in business tend to hold back, not go get loans, not take that risk. Mm -hmm. They don't apply for grants, or they don't apply for venture capital money. And there is something there that we have to shift this conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. I think when it comes
1: to money issues, it's really sad that I say this, but it's 100% true. I hear more often, not from women, I'm so stupid when it comes to money. I don't uh, understand money. Yeah. I don't get it. It's not my thing. I hear all the time, which yeah. makes me laugh. I'm not good at math, so I couldn't do what you do.
0: Uh What does math have to do?
1: I mean, there's some math, but I mean, it's not like I'm on my calculator all day long.
0: I I make the joke. If there's a dollar sign in front of it, I can calculate it. If there isn't, I don't know. So yeah,
1: (laughs) it's true. true. (laughs) And I think the thing is is that we as women in particular put ourselves down a lot. And I would tell you that 90% of the people I'm sitting with, the women are doing 85 to 90% completely correctly. Actually, this was a new realization I had just a couple of weeks ago which was we talk about body image and we talk about health and we talk about all this stuff and how you don't put yourself in a box. Don't make yourself look like other people. You're your own unique self. Be true to yourself. But we do that with finances. We uh, sit there and we beat ourselves up, mm-hmm. but everything we're not doing, I put away a hundred dollars a month, but I should be putting more than that. We beat ourselves up great job you put a hundred bucks away this month right why are we winning in that respect and trying to challenge ourselves to do more and like you said women tend to be more risk adverse which is fine that's part of our nature maybe that's what we feel like i get a lot of these questions especially with husbands and wives because the husband's like let's put it all on black and the wife's like no (laughs) We're, let's save it all in our savings account. Yes. <laughs>
0: like,
1: I think the biggest obstacle is women think that they're going to be perceived as dumb if they ask questions like, How do I? apply for a business loan. Like how does this work? What do you need to see? You know, everything that we would do in our regular businesses, it's that same conversation, but usually the person sitting across from you, maybe not so friendly, maybe not necessarily somebody you feel very comfortable with. So that's actually what I hate to say it. What an advisor does is that we're able to kind of walk you through the basics. And I've been on calls with clients trying to get a business loan or anything. I can't do anything for them, but I can at least sit
0: there and be a support system. Again, that relationship, right? Yeah, uh, and and I know the thing is, is Laura and I talk about this a lot. About when we have a client, it is not a transaction. Yeah, it's the customer lifetime journey that you're going on with them we want our clients to be ultra successful. And when we're creating something new, which is in the digital arena, people are afraid. They don't know. They like, do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? But I'm a little afraid of standing in front of the camera and talking or doing all this. And you come to the table like everyone else. That's our job to help you feel comfortable and really make something that you're proud of, but that's growing your business. And you're helping people just grow their assets in the right way to really be able to live that lifestyle. And part of that is, you know, we have to get into the hustle part here because sometimes we get too busy and we don't take the time to do things. When we were talking, getting ready for this interview, I loved what you said. Hustle means to you is always striving for your best. And it feels really good at the end of the day when you look back and you say, what have I accomplished? That's hustled to you. And I think that goes along with that whole bucket list, yeah. right? So we're going to switch gears. We've been talking a lot about how you serve clients and da 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 da. But I want to know how Lisa in her business manages the hustle. Some
1: days are better than others. <laughs> As every business owner will say. Um, but you know what, I do is I actually went through that value system on my own. And so I really will take the things that come to me in certain values. I always say that my family, particularly my husband, when my family comes first, my clients come second, and everybody else comes after that. And I take that approach when it comes to hustle as well. You know, if I have a client meeting, I won't drop it if my husband needs something, but I really try to prioritize that time, that ability to take a lunch break with him during the day we both work from home. So take a lunch break with him and that kind of stuff. But with clients, I really think to me, a good day is when every client got what they needed. So whether that was a phone call, an email, just, I saw this article and I was wondering what you thought about it a meeting. Everybody got what they needed and got an answer and got some kind of guidance that wanted some. To me, that's a really successful thing.
0: You take the moment to make some amazing connections too. Yeah. And what I love about that is you don't let the daily grind get in the way of building or helping other people build the relationships. Yeah.
1: I'm big on relationship. I figure <laughs> at the end of the day, when I'm laying on my deathbed at like 105 or whatever age I decide I want to pass away in my sleep, I figure there's two things that I could have controlled. One is how I treated other people. And two is what I brought to their lives. That's about it. I can't really control anything else. And so I figure if I can treat everybody with some kindness and respect, which I think is a huge thing huge part that's missing with business relationships in general. It's a lot of what can you provide to me? What can I, you know, it's a lot of the, I give you this, you give me that kind of thing. And it really shouldn't be like that. The other thing is, is that I figure with clients and with family, it's a respect and it's a, how much value can I bring? If I can bring value and you walk away and you never work with me as a client, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's what it is. And so I think that's a big part of it. So I, you know, it's funny, I'm an introvert. Most people don't think that, but I am. I, I love my time. I get off calls. Welcome you know, to the introvert club. I know. Oh gosh, I need to read. I need to, to do my thing for a second, but I really like helping other people. And if I find that there's an opportunity to help somebody, I will. It doesn't take very long. I found <laughs> My little spreadsheets and my little like Word documents with my previously formatted template email, it doesn't go. I Sometimes I don't like doing it. I'm like, oh, I have five of these I got to do. What's wrong with you, Lisa? You could do something else. But you find joy and it really doesn't go as long as you think. And how much value do you bring if you can connect to people
0: that really could help right. each other? Right. It's been important for us to have very concentrated client days. And all of our energy goes into our clients. I mean, it's just, it's an energy thing. And then we have, when it all goes into our business, we know exactly when we're going to focus on things for our own business. Like you, family trumps everything. Mm-hmm. It's a value base for me that my family is important. And, mm-hmm. and I actually like having that. It feels good to be able to have that because they would reciprocate. It's one of those things. It's like we were talking earlier about the bucket list and how you've got to you know have that heart into what you're doing. I think the hustle has also become, if I'm hustling, meaning if I'm busy all the time, I must be doing something great, because people will think I'm wonderful because I, my calendar's booked right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is. it's not, I mean, I used it, that's to not true. That.
1: <laughs> I used to think that, you know, I'm in Northern Arizona now, like you said, but I was in Orange County for a long time, driving around from appointment to appointment, to doing this, to doing emails, sitting in my car while I was eating lunch, you know, for five yeah. minutes between meetings, I thought I was really busy, but it's funny with this industry in particular, you see very quickly that being busy does not mean I'm bringing anything <laughs> And oh, I don't have yeah. any kind of anything going on. And so that's the thing that I always kind of say with clients is that it's easy to say, well, Lisa's got it. I don't need to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're busy. We're all busy. Yeah. We're all doing stuff. But realistically, you know, I, all my clients, if I haven't talked to them for a year, I write them and go, it's time you got to jump on a call with me for 15 minutes, just so we know that everything's going okay. I want to hear your voice. I want to see what's going on. It's important to try to have, like I said, those values and those, you know, value system is really important because then you can sit there and go, what have I let go for a little bit? What (laughs) have I not focused on? And I really think, you know, the self-care movement is doing a lot right now, which I appreciate. I think it's great. I Try to meditate. usually probably doesn't work that well, but I try, you know, it's about the effort, right? I try to uh,
0: the effort's good care,
1: you know, and that kind of stuff. I get up. I have a break system thing that tells me to get up and stretch for a couple of minutes and stuff. But we don't consider our finances as self-care. And it is a big mm. part of self-care. And so if you're able to do some self-care for yourself, you should be able to do that. Just so you have a little of example of what that is. I told one client. They were so busy. They've got a brand new baby. They've got all this stuff and he's a business owner. And I said, just take five minutes that you're sitting down with your wine once a week and look at the credit card. <laughs> That's all sign in. Look at the credit card. Just by doing that, they ended up stopping payments on like five different things that they didn't even realize they were still paying for. And I yes. said, put a timer on. I'm not saying five minutes and haha, it's actually gonna turn into a half an hour. I said put a timer on and after five right. minutes log out. I'm good. So our motto here is awareness of understanding where you are, what's going on, having a conscious awareness equals to financial independence. Because if you're not conscious of what's going on and aware Mm. of other options or things that are happening around you, life just kind of passes us by because we're all hustling and trying to accomplish the everyday things that are in front of us. And you sit back and go, I'm 55 years old and I've never done anything that's really brought me true joy. And that's what I don't want to have happen.
0: That philosophy you have is so important for us to understand that you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients that are really busy and you kind of do it on the financial part of it. And Mm -hmm. we do it on saving time and efficiencies. How can you automate your business? How can you create a digital product like e-learning? It's time and value, right? If you can save time, then you have time to do something else that's more in your priority list. And that priority list can be more business, more strategy. It can be family time, but it's really time and efficiency looking at that. And I love the five minute thing because when you put the timer on it, it's not a lot of time, but really five minutes is a lot of time to get things done. And, you know, right before this call, I, before our interview, I had a 15 minute block. And as crazy as this sounds, I'm traveling next week to do a speaking engagement for our new book that's coming out. And I thought, oh, I I got a few minutes. I need to purchase my carry on luggage because it's only $30 if I do it early versus, you know, whatever the $45 if I do it. So I'm like, but it didn't take that long, but it was on my list to do. And so it's looking at everything in your life and where mm-hmm. can you do that and it's you know priorities too it, it yeah. is a priority mm-hmm. right yeah so as we're kind of coming into the conclusion here because as we mentioned you and I could go on forever and ever and ever but but I, I, but that, I do so. have to just say finance and humor how does that correlate <laughs>
1: Um, I hope that you found me somewhat funny. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm i not like a ha ha funny, but you know, I think that finance first needs to become reality, which is we need to stop putting it on this pedestal of whatever we're doing, you know, that it's this inconceivable, untouchable thing. And the more money I can get, the better my life's going to be because it's not true. Um, yeah. I hope people realize that that's not true. And so I think in terms of humor, you know, I think that comes back to the bucket list. That was kind of my way to try to bring a not tongue in cheek in a bad way, but kind of a tongue in cheek way of doing it, because my husband and I, you know, really, it was funny. I've been doing this for 12 years and been trying for about five years to figure out a way to market this or to explain to people. How this is invigorating. It's exciting. It's supposed to be fun. Like, why are we, you know, yeah. but my saying it's supposed to be fun and shaking people wasn't working. So we were, I was talking to my husband and we always have this conversation. What's the next thing? What are we doing? Like we're getting ready to go on a trip right now. Talk about judgments, right? We go to the same place every year. We go to Jamaica and we sit on the beach. We don't do anything. Love it. Schedule anything. The amount of judgment I get for that. Don't you want to go anywhere else? What's wrong with you? Don't you go snorkeling? I mean, I'm like, I don't care. That's what I want to do. You can do your own vacation. So don't let people pressure you into doing things you don't want. But we always sit and go, what's next? And he actually did this last night to me. You know, oh, Jamaica's coming up. They'll be done. Where else are we doing? What are we doing next? Are we looking at a cruise? Are we looking at this? What are we looking at doing next? And that's kind of the exciting, humorous part is, Get to sit there and like dream about the things that you could do, and let's try to make some of those into a reality. I mean, if one of your dreams is to become a robot, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help you with that. But if one of your dreams is buying a Corvette, let's do it. And my husband's always had that dream, and he's got some other stuff he wants to do before that. But he has his own fund for that. He keeps coming to me and going, "We're now up to eight grand." I mean, that's far from a Corvette, but. Compared to where we started, you know, it's like, well, maybe we could. And the biggest thing that I tell people is he always goes back and forth and goes, maybe I don't want a Corvette. I mean, maybe we don't, you know, we're in kind of a rugged area. Corvette's going (laughs) to, like, I don't know (laughs) if that's the best vehicle. But the thing is, once he has the money, he can choose. Mm. Well, that's what money is supposed to be about is your choice. So you might save all this money up for Italy and they do something over there and you're like, I don't ever want to go there again. Well, maybe you get to go to Jamaica or see the Northern Lights or buy a car or pay down your house if that's truly what you want to do. You know, you've got other options. You've got choices. And that's what money is supposed to be is allowing you to make the choices so that you're not putting yourself in a bad place, but you're getting to live the life you want.
0: Wow. And I think that is a perfect place for us to wrap up here. And I want everybody to hear that last bit that you said. Everyone has choices. You can be going on a path thinking this is what you want. You move forward. When it changes, it changes and that's okay. And by the way, that's in finances, that's in business, and that is most certainly in life. Yeah. Focusing on creating situations where you have choices
1: and freedom of choice. Yeah. That's what it's about. Love That's it. when you have true freedom, in my opinion, is when you can choose whatever you want to gear your life in the way that you want to go.
0: And this is why people need to get a hold of you. So how can they get a hold of you? I do a lot of LinkedIn posting. Um, so if you want to find me on LinkedIn,
1: connect or follow, I'm happy to do that. And then there's always our website, which is onevisionretire.com. It's spelled out O-N-E visionretire.com. And we put blogs, posts, everything, but there's also a little button. So if you want to have a get to know you call, I call it totally no obligation, that kind of thing. There's a little link that you can click on on there.
0: And she is generous with information. She is very similar to us. We like to have conversations with people to see how we can help them. I want all of our listeners to know, you will see more of Elisa and I together out and about. We have some things planned for next year that we're going to collab Mm -hmm. on. We're trying to get on some panels together. So we're going to have some fun in 2023. And by the way, connect with her, get on because her posts, I do love your LinkedIn posts. They are fabulous. So That has to be the conclusion of this episode, the Heart, Hustle, and Humor podcast. I've been your host, Dr. T. We've had Lisa Sakai in studio with us. And always remember, until next time, hashtag stay great. Are you a professional looking to take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go to kaleidoscopemediaservices.com. Check it out. And if you feel you are ready... Then set up a time to talk to me and my co-founder, Laura Neubauer. I'm your host, Dr. T. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends.